the most successful people in the world, they just try more. They yeah. just persevere more. They just get back up and go back into the ring. And when I learned that and I started realizing that and started kind of changing my paradigm around this whole topic, for me, it was life changing. It was like, oh my gosh, this is incredible. And that's one of the reasons why I started my podcast because I'm on a mission to destigmatize this whole idea of failure because I think it's such a disservice for so many of us. I mean, I believe that if I went through that, I believe there's many more people that are going through that or have gone through that. And it's like such a disservice that we view it this way. Hey everyone, this is Ashley Menzies Babatunde and welcome to another episode of No Straight Path, the highs, the lows, and the lessons learned. No Straight Path is brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. We are digging into the human stories behind success, and my hope as always is that you leave the conversation inspired, motivated, and excited about your journey. Today we have a wonderful guest, Paola Sores. I actually met Paola earlier this year when I shared my story on her podcast, but first she failed. And we are definitely kindred spirits with a lot of overlap in our stories. And in light of the recent layoffs across the tech industry, I knew Paola would be the perfect person to speak with this week. She has an inspiring story and some great tools for navigating job loss, finding clarity, and working towards the life of your dreams. But before we get to our conversation, let me tell you a bit more about her. So Paula is the host and creator of But First She Failed podcast. It's a top 50 Apple podcast in entrepreneurship. She is a former journalist and national news producer that has had stories appear on Univision, Telemundo, and ABC News, among others. And while working in news, her favorite stories were always profile pieces that helped and inspired. So now she's actually taking her passion for storytelling and helping women redefine failure while gaining clarity and confidence when it comes to their careers and businesses. Yes, you can't tell we're quite similar. And I just love talking to Paula and I think you guys are going to really love her story. So let's get to it. All right. I am so excited to have Paula Soros here. Thank you so much for joining me on No Straight Path. Yeah, Ashley, thank you so much for having me on. I remember when you came on my podcast and we just had such a blast. So I'm really stoked for today's conversation. Oh, God. Yes, me too. I feel like we're just kindred spirits. Yeah. And I have so many questions. You've done yes. such incredible work and you have such an inspirational story. But I'd love to know about the beginning. Yeah. Tell me about your childhood. How did you grow up, your upbringing, and perhaps how little Paula shows up in the work that you're doing today? Yeah, that's a great question. I was thinking about that. So a little bit about me. I was born and raised in Chicago. I now live in Miami, Florida with my husband. I'm a very active toddler, but you know, I was born and raised in Chicago. I am Colombian and Peruvian American, I guess you can say. My mother is from Colombia. My father's from Peru. And growing up, my mom was a single mom. So I lived with my mom and my, my family being Colombian was very close knit. All my aunts and uncles, everyone was in Chicago. And so my mom and my, my grandparents lived together. And so I just grew up around a lot of family, a lot of aunts and uncles and family always being around and north side of Chicago is extremely diverse. So I grew up in a building where it's like, you name it, it's there, right? You would go to the playground, you would see everyone and every race that you can imagine, every faith you can imagine, all the things. So it was, it was a really great upbringing in the sense of it's just like so diverse. 
And yeah, that's a little bit about me. And so interesting that you asked the question about how do I see what I used to do as a child and what I do now. So growing up, I remember when I was 12, I remember I had this idea of, oh my gosh, I think I saw reporters on TV. And I was like, wow, I want to be a reporter one day. I want to work in news. I want to work in the media. It just seemed so fun. I was like, how cool. And I remember Spanish speakers may identify with this, but when you were growing up, Univision, Univision was on in your household at all times. Yeah. And I remember I would see different reporters in the 90s and I'd be like, oh my gosh, look at her. I want to be like her one day. And I remember being 12 years old and two of my best friends, their father bought a camera. And this is, I'm dating myself a little bit, but this is 1997 or something. And back in the day, I think even at that time, it was like a little bit of an old school camera. And it was one of those big ones where you put a tape in and you record. Yeah. Like one of those old schools all the time. Okay. Yeah. yeah, So you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And I remember that, you know, I was like, Hey guys, let's play reporter. Let's play that we're seven o'clock news. And I'm just Lopez. And I would even make up names and all that stuff. So it's so funny that years later, we found the tapes. And so we were playing reporter. And a little bit of my story is that I did end up growing up and going into that field of journalism and all that. And then now it's a different iteration of it, but I'm still kind of doing what I love, which is storytelling and kind of sharing stories and things that I think are of value. I love that so much. Oh my gosh. So many things I didn't know. So I didn't know you were actually half Peruvian. I studied abroad there in Cusco. And so I just fell in love with the culture. Yeah. And I love that you actually grew up in a really diverse environment. That's actually quite similar to how I grew up just being in LA. Like there's just a diversity of so many different cultures and experiences. I go to Shabbat dinners with friends. I have sushi with friends for one night and they were telling me all about Seoul. I remember my mom, I told my mom, she's like, where do you want to go abroad one day? And I was like, Seoul, Korea. She's like, okay. (laughs) She's like, okay, I'm going to grow up. Oh yeah. She's like, okay, your culture. I love that. I love the childhood question. It's a great conversation starter too. Since I've been doing this podcast, it's led to so many really meaningful conversations and not just, how are you? How's everything going? So you can go a bit deeper. Speaking of going a bit deeper, I would love to talk to you about a setback, failure, pain point in your journey. And perhaps we can kind of unpack some of the lessons learned. Yeah, absolutely. That is a huge part of my story and actually what ultimately led to me starting my podcast, the But For She Failed podcast, which sounds very jarring, I think, when you hear the title. But that's just, it was something that was life-changing for me. And so a little bit of my story is I grew up in Chicago. I ended up eventually, like I mentioned, I ended up moving to Miami to work for Univision and work in major media outlets here in Miami. And I was thriving in my career, doing all the things in my 20s and just in a great school of journalism, I would say. It was really cool because it's right out of college. I had that opportunity where I moved here and I was working for a national news magazine show. So it's kind of like 2020, but in Spanish, if you you will. So yeah, it was a really cool experience because it's national news and we were getting to do all sorts of stories, in-depth stories where it's, oh my gosh, Ricky Martin is doing a sit-down interview and letting the world know about really exciting news or, or whatever the case is. Having these really cool opportunities to work with celebrities and be in the room when they're doing these really in-depth, vulnerable interviews and just sharing their story or, or doing inspiring stories, right? Where someone beat cancer and now they're running a marathon and just the hope that they've given so many people or 
crime stories or just, we did all sorts of stories, right? And it was an incredible school of journalism. And it was incredible working with top name people in my industry and just getting, I always say it was like a great school of journalism mm -hmm. and it was incredible. And so I was thriving, doing all the things in my career on the up and up. And maybe about four or five years after I got there, I ended up moving to a news startup, which startups were all the rage back then. I feel like Uber was brand new. All the different startups were the thing. Yeah. And so I was at a new startup and a little bit of my story is it was great. The new startup that I went to was the talk of the industry. It was the child of these major media conglomerates coming together. And it was just such a cool experience to be there as part of the team that launched it and be involved in that and, and really learn from that, right? But while I was there, I was dealing with crippling imposter syndrome and just different things, right? Different things that I think we we come across. Comparison, I think it's just mm -hmm. so many things that I can dive into, but there were so many things that I was dealing with when I was in that season. And well, a year after I got there, what happened was, and for me, it's so funny because it's like, I say it that I couldn't even say these words. It wasn't until the first episode of my podcast when I went to record it that I could actually say it out loud. And that was over five years later. And so I was fired from my position. And so I was let go from it. I was fired, but I couldn't say that term. I couldn't say it. I would allude to it or I would say I was laid off. But in my specific case, the show that I was on wasn't a good fit. There were a bunch of different reasons, a bunch of different things that happened, but I couldn't bring myself to say those words. And the reason why is because for me, I had always been great at school. I had always been someone that I get one job and then leave one job to go to the next one. Or yeah. I interview and I quickly get the position. And it's like nothing like this had ever happened, nor did I ever imagine something like that happening. And for me, it was devastating. And I, and I say this, it didn't feel like I failed. I felt like a failure. That's how deep mm. it felt for me. Yeah. And for me, it was devastating. And obviously after the fact, I realized a lot of that was my identity was rooted in, okay, I work for this major company, right? And, or I go to this university or I studied abroad here, or I have this really cool internship or whatever, you name it, right? And my identity was found in that. And because of that, it was so coupled along with a lot of different things like limiting beliefs and different things that were going on, it was devastating for me. And I had mentioned I had been dealing with imposter syndrome and all these different things. And so when that happened for me, it was actually devastating. I did all the wrong things that you do in that moment. I had a great reputation in the industry. I could have leaned into the networks and the people that were around me, the people that knew me, knew my, my work ethic and the things that I had done over the trajectory of my career. But instead... I was so ashamed. And I think sometimes when these things happen, we get so ashamed and we isolate ourselves or we get quiet about it or we try to resolve it by ourselves. And I did that right where I separated myself from so many people. I needed space and I kind of didn't do coffee dates or all the things that I could have. And so for me, it was just, it was a season that was just so difficult. And it took me, I always say this, I wish I could say that it took me a week or two weeks of being sad or like a year. But in my case, it was so deep rooted. And I had this misconception of failure, quote unquote failure, right? And I had this misconception that all these successful women that I looked up to, all these people that were anchors or CEOs or this person in this suite, or when I was in the boardrooms with these presidents of the, the company or these really well-known people, I was like, wow, they have it together. Or these celebrities I would interview the politicians, wow, they have it together. 
and I don't. They have some sort of answer that I don't and I'm a hot mess and they have it all together. And and then what's interesting is as I went on this journey, for me, it was, like I said, it took many years, but as I went on this journey of finally overcoming this failure and I learned so many things. And one of the things I learned was that all successful people, quote unquote, fail, right? And I right. say, yeah. And I say, quote unquote, because I don't really believe anything is a failure. I really believe in life. You either you win or you learn. So if you look at it that way, in every season, you're either winning in that season, quote unquote, or you're learning in that season. So when I started seeing things this way, and then I started realizing that as I went on this journey, I started reading more autobiographies. I started just really doing more, I guess you can say research or more healing or whatever you want to call it. But I realized that all these successful people that I looked up to, and even these people that had these autobiographies written about them, there was always moments of setbacks and yes. like I say, quote unquote, failure. And then I started realizing, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is common. This is part of it. This is part of the process. This is not something that it is taboo, but it's not something that is just, it's just for me or certain people. The most successful people in the world, they just try more. They yeah. just persevere more. They just get back up and go back into the ring. And when I learned that and I started realizing that and started kind of changing my paradigm around this whole topic, for me, it was life-changing. It was like, oh my gosh, this is incredible. And that's one of the reasons why I started my podcast because I'm on a mission to destigmatize this whole idea of failure because I think it's such a disservice for so many of us. I mean, I believe that if I went through that, I believe there's many more people that are going through that or have gone through that. And it's like such a disservice that we view it this way. No, I love all of that. Everything about your story. We've chatted before. So, you know, my story and how much overlap there is. Yeah. And what I will say, which is so great, is that podcasts like yours, people sharing their stories are really starting to destigmatize this shame that's attached to failure. Yeah. And actually this week I spoke to 200 law students about bar failure and overcoming yeah. setbacks. Yeah. And it's incredible. Th the fact that we have programs like that now is so amazing. So yeah. shout out actually to Jordana Campino because she's the dean there, one of the yeah. deans of professionalism at Fordham Law. And she put together this program because That's it was incredible. something we didn't have five, six years ago and that wow. people didn't talk about it. And so I am seeing a change. It's certainly a part of the human experience. Yeah. But the other thing is we are all still human yeah. and we all go through these setbacks and still feel the pain. It's inevitable. Yeah. Yeah. And so I guess my question for you is, especially in light of the recent layoffs that are just so unfortunate, they're yeah. across tech companies right now. Yeah. What is your advice for someone who was recently laid off? Yeah, that's a great question. I think one of the things that I would recommend is definitely taking time to own your feelings and honor your feelings. I've actually gone through two iterations of what I just mentioned to share it in a snapshot. A few years later, I went back into the industry and this time for another major news outlet. And it was a great, exciting opportunity that the plug got pulled on the show right before it aired. And this time I was laid off. They were like, we love you. We want to keep you. But the whole show was laid off in one swoop, kind of similar to the situation that we're talking about that's currently going on in the tech world and where it's like massive, just so many people being laid off. And 
I remember this time I did the opposite. I was like, last time I learned not to isolate myself and not to be quiet and to lean into my network. So what did I do? This time I was like, no, 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 you're not going to nurse your wounds like you did last time. You're going to do the opposite. So I gave myself one afternoon or maybe a day, I think, to be sad, or maybe it was like one afternoon to be sad. Mm -hmm. And then then I just went into it and I was like, doing all the things. And I think while that is important, it is important to go back into looking for another opportunity. I think I did myself a disservice in that moment because I didn't honor my feelings. I didn't like what you just said. It's a very human experience for us to go through this and to feel a certain way. And I think it's very common for, at least in my case, I was like, I'm going to go through the, I'm not going to be sad. I'm not going to be sad. And then it came out in another moment. Uh, another part of the framework, because I do have a framework for overcoming failure, is to forgive the people, forgive people that need to be forgiven and to forgive yourself. I think this more so applies when you were let go from a position. But regardless, what are the lessons that you learned? Who do you need to forgive in this season? First, own your feelings. Then forgiveness is important and coming to peace with that situation. And then from there, I would advise to really start dreaming and start figuring out what is next for me, right? What is the next thing that I envision for my life? Because a lot of times I think closed doors can be a setback for something even better, right? So it's like, okay, maybe I can start my own tech company or maybe I was in this sector and now I want to go to that sector. You know what I mean? Like now I want to do this thing or maybe there's so many different possibilities. And I think it's important when we take these moments to honor our feelings, forgive who we need to forgive and then really reassess like, okay, where do I want to go moving forward? What do I want to do with my life? What's the next step? What really aligns with who I am? Are these my values? Is family my value? But I'm working 90 hour weeks and I don't even see my family or I don't even see my husband or whatever the case is. And I think it's really important that we take time to really do that soul searching and figure out, okay, what are my dreams? What do I want from my dreams? And then to start taking actions on those dreams, right? Okay. I figured out that this is where I want to go. Now I need to start taking action, right? Because a lot of times we don't have the confidence. It's funny because sometimes, oh, I'll start taking action once I have confidence. But the reality is that confidence comes from taking action, right? So move forward and start taking action on whatever you have come to realize that that's what I want for my life. This is the vision that I have for my life for the next five years. Does it align with who I am and go for it? Oh, okay. So many gems. I love that so much. And that was actually very insightful for me because I actually never thought about the forgiveness part. So the honor your pain part, certainly something I follow. I always tell people to do that. I think it's very important. I've done that recently. There's little setbacks that happen when you're trying to build a podcast and build a brand and a business around it. And I remember calling my dad and he's like, all right, you got three days to be sad about this. And I was like, okay, dad, I'll check back in. He's like, if you need a little bit more time, that's fine. But, (laughs) and his, yeah, accountability partner, which is so nice. But I definitely agree. Honoring the pain is something I didn't do in the past. I think the forgiveness part though, a lot of people don't do that. Yeah. And so they hold on to anger and then that turns into resentment and that actually gets in the way of your journey and you achieving your dreams. And even you like thinking about the possibilities because you're thinking about the past. Yes. So that step, maybe I need to go back and do that in my own journey, (laughs) but I love that. And then the dreaming part. And when you take a pause, how there's so much good that can come from that because there's a time for self-reflection. There's a time for self-discovery. I always say that self-awareness is your superpower. And the people that have been able to tap into that superpower of people who have been able to take the time to do it. And so many of us don't get that time. And so even though it might feel like a tough situation right now, if you're laid off, 
there are so many beautiful things that can come from this time. hundred percent. And one thing, and I want to get to your dreams actually really quickly, but one thing I remember during my time, and we've talked about our grandmothers, and I know you talked about the passing of your grandmother. My grandmother passed a couple of months ago. And during my break, which was time when I was looking for a job, (laughs) maybe I don't even know, it was like five years ago now, I recorded my grandmother's conversations, conversations with my grandmother. Wow. And now I'll always have that wisdom. And it came from a hard time in my life, but it was a time of self-discovery and self-reflection. And I wanted to know more about my family and my upbringing, my grandmother's life. And so I just encourage people to do the work during that time to maybe think about what other things you can do while you're in this time period. But you said something great about the possibility and the dreams. And I feel like that's what you're doing right now. So can you tell us about the work you're doing? Yeah. Yeah. So with my podcast, but for she Field podcast, I'm so passionate about it. And I love giving resources there and helping women that are kind of in the process of leaving the nine to five job and starting a podcast or, or not necessarily starting a podcast, but just leaving a nine to five job and becoming an entrepreneur. That's just what I feel personally. That's, that was my experience and what I feel called to. But yeah, right now I have the podcast. I'm also doing clarity coaching and podcast coaching. So I'm helping women kind of figure out what are they called to do? The beautiful thing about clarity is it's kind of the work that I was mentioning. It's like, what is aligned with you? What are you called to do? We are all, the fact that we're even born, the fact that we're even on this earth is incredible, right? There's this quote that says, the chances of you being born is very, very minuscule. It's incredible that we're here and each person that's here is unique. No one has the same fingertips. No one has the same dreams and aspirations. We're also different, right? Even twins don't have the exact same dreams. It's different. I think that dreams are a gift that are within our heart. I feel like that's given to us from God. We all have unique things that are within us that we have that we can share with the world. And it's not a mistake that your personality is the way your personality is or that you are sensitive to certain things that someone else isn't sensitive to or that you have the skill set and the life experiences that you have, right? And that I have the ones that I have. And I just think that all of us have gone through so many experiences we have our unique skill set. Jenna Kutcher, we, when you were on my show, I talked about how she was part of my dreaming and inspiration that ultimately led to me starting the podcast. And she talks about your secret sauce. What's your secret sauce? What's the thing that makes you youth special? And I just think that there is, when we get clarity on what we're called to do with our lives, something that's like our passions, our skill set, our life experiences, the triumphs, the things that we've gone through, and we can all put that together and kind of figure out what's aligned with who I am and then go for that. I think it's beautiful because then we start living our dream life, right? We start going for our dream life and we light up. And I think the opposite is true too. I think so many times we can be working in, for example, corporate world, right? Because that's where I come from, right? You can be in the corporate space and you can be doing something that looks like what you wanted, or it can even be the exact role that you thought you wanted. But I think there's comes a times when, at least in my life, I remember I felt like for me, it was kind of like almost an alarm went off where it's like, do, 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 Paola, turn around, pivot, move, or go back or turn. It was like, no, you're not called to do this. This, You're not happy. Ultimately, I could be doing the things and a lot of this is cool, but I'm just not happy. I don't feel fulfilled with what I'm doing. And I think it's such a beautiful thing when we can get to a place where we're like, man, I really feel fulfilled with what I'm doing right now. And I'm yeah. really creating the life that I love and it's aligned with my personality. And it's just, you're really walking in that purpose. I love that. I love that. And What do you tell? Because we have a lot of listeners, no straight paths. So they know we're talking about untraditional paths, pivots, setbacks. And I feel like there are a lot of people 
who are in a specific job because they have bills to pay. And perhaps it's not completely aligned with who they are, but they might feel stuck naturally. I think it's an understandable thing to be in, but what do you tell those people? What kind of work can they be doing right now? Yeah, that's a great question. I think first thing is just realizing this, something doesn't feel right. I think that's like step number one for me. I felt like a siren or I would be in different roles and it's like, "Mm, this is not it. And I think I'm just going to speak from experience. I think it's also sometimes easy for us, especially the younger, if we're in our twenties and at least in my case, I believe this is more common in when the younger you are, but a lot of times we'll be in, how do I say it? We're in a square box, but we're a circle or we're a circle and we're trying to be in a square box. Like we're trying to fit our, because we maybe told people that this was our dream or maybe this is my dream industry or I see a path to where I want to go to. I think you try to fit yourself into this mold or because of my personality, I should do X, Y, Z thing. I should just be good at this because I'm, I'm talkative. I should just be good at public relations, let's just say. And it's like, no, that's not me. That's one of the important things, right? Figuring out if something's not aligned, listening to that. Okay, something's off and being in tune with that. And then it's realizing, okay, am I, and asking yourself that question, am I trying to fit into something? Am I trying to fit into this role that is not really me? And that's okay. I think it's okay. I think a lot of times we feel like we need permission and I've been there hundred percent. You kind of need someone to say, it's okay that you don't want to do this. I know this is what you dreamed of, or I know this is what you studied for, or I know you put all this time and energy into this direction, but it's okay if this is not for you. You still have so many years of your life. You can still turn around and create the life that you want instead of continuing down this path for another 20 years because you already got your master's degree in it, or you have your doctorate's degree in it, or whatever the case is. And I think that those are two things, right? Kind of figuring that out. And once you figure out this is not me, then I think it's important to start doing soul searching, right? Figuring out who do I see that, man, their life like sets me on fire or excites me or makes me really... I can envision my life doing that. In in my case, because you know, I'm obviously such a big Jenna fan. I'll share that little bit of snippet of my story because for me, I wanted to be a news reporter forever. I'm in this industry. I have the connections. I'm going to go back to news. Like I need to be like on Good Morning America. I need to be like a journalist on, you know, one of these shows. And for me, that was the only dream that I had. I remember my husband would, you're great at this. Why don't you go into marketing? Or you're good at this, all these different paths. And I was mm. I'm not excited about it. I'm just not excited about it. Right. Mm -hmm. And I remember it wasn't until many years into my journey where I was dead set on this one thing, this reporter thing. And it wasn't until I started listening to Jenna Kutcher's podcast, the Gold Digger podcast. This is like back in 2016, 2017. And it wasn't until like an episode, I think it was the end of 2017, where she kind of just shared the behind the scenes of her show. And it was the craziest thing. Something inside of me came alive and clicked. Oh my gosh. I kind of what she's built. I kind of can see myself doing something similar. I think, oh my gosh, for the first time, something else came alive inside of me Mm -hmm. and I got excited and I kind of saw a vision of my life that was different from being a national news reporter and being on national TV as a reporter. And I think that obviously from there, I ended up being like, oh my gosh, I think I want to start a podcast. And then my story was a little complicated because my mother-in-law got sick with cancer a few months later and then she ended up passing away. And and then I got pregnant and it was crazy. And then the pandemic happened and kind of crazy stuff happened and major life situations happened from that point to when I actually started the podcast. Mm -hmm. But I share all this to say that when you see someone's life, it can be you see someone on TV or you see whatever the case is, you read a book or you hear about a friend or you see something. And if it makes you come alive, oh my gosh, you perk up and you come alive. And if you can envision your life in that way, that's huge. 
lean into that, pay attention to that. And don't be scared of it because maybe you had in the past said, this is what I'm going to do with my life. So those are just some of the things that I think I recommend. Definitely pay attention to when you have those moments where something comes alive inside of you because that's where you want to be. You want to be doing something in, with your life that makes you feel like you're alive, right? Yeah. That every single day you're going, you're oh my God, I love, I'm excited to jump out of bed in the morning, right? Yeah. Not that I have to jump out of bed in the morning. So I love that. I love everything that you said. Thank you so much for sharing that part of your journey. I do want to ask you just about what advice you have for people who, you know, you have a husband, you have, is it a son? Yes, the son. Yes, he's he's yeah, two. He's yeah. two now, right? Oh my yeah. gosh. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. You know, being a mom, being a wife, being a business owner who's ambitious, yeah. do you have the answers? <laughs> yeah, that's that's a great question. I will start with no, I do not have the answers, but I have learned some things, right? I have learned some things that have helped me because to be honest with you, last year I was getting to a place of true burnout where I felt like, oh my God, I'm working so hard on this podcast and developing this business and I have a young child and all the things are going and it's a lot. It's so you don't have a minute to yourself and it, it can be very taxing and it can get to a place where it's not healthy, you know? And so some of the things that I've learned that have been really helpful is, for example, one of them is learning to take care of myself. This is something that's new, but for so long, I hadn't been necessarily making going to the gym a priority anymore. There were different things. And in this season, I'm like, okay, I need to be good going to therapy. Like, I know it sounds cliche and you always hear women and moms say this, but it's so true. You need to take care of yourself so you can take care of everyone else, right? So I think wellness and taking care of yourself is definitely something that really helps when you manage all the things and have the energy to do all the things. I think another important thing is, to be honest with you, is having realistic expectations, right? Mm. Because, yeah, it has been hard because I think as ambitious women, I think it's very easy for us to be like, I'm going to be, I want to do all the things at once. And it's, I think it's, you get to a point where you're like, okay, the reality is I have a young child in the season. I'm not going to be able to do five episodes a week. Some people can do five episodes a week. I can't do that in the season. Or I want to grow this arm of the business or go hard speaking engagements or whatever the case is. Realistically, something's got to give, right? That's going to affect me as a mom or my time with my son. Or it's going to affect me as a wife or it's going to affect me me and my wellness. So it's kind of having realistic expectations, not only with your business, because you have to have them with your business. Because I mean, I'll speak for myself, but I feel like when you love what you do, you want to pour all your time into it. Yes. Like you wanna be, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you want to be up late nights, early mornings. I mean, my husband, my husband also has, he has multiple businesses or we have some business together and he has his own business. So he is like a serial entrepreneur. So he is also the type where we're like, okay, we need to create boundaries around business because if not, it consumes us. We get yeah. so excited and into business. And so it's really important that you manage the expectations. It's like, okay, in this season, what are the things that can be done? What's realistic? I can't be a room mother in this season and that's okay. You know what I mean? But I'm building a business and my son's seeing me do something and eventually I'm going to have this big business that he's going to, or whatever your dream is, but I'm going to have this thing that he's going to see mommy being happy and that's important, Right. But I also know five o'clock, I can't work anymore because now I need to, it's dinner time, it's bath time. I'm going to be intentional. I'm going to be there playing with my son or doing the things that I got to do. So it's just being really realistic with managing the expectations in all seasons. And the third thing that I would add is communication. I think it's really important that, especially when you are married, it's, you have to kind of, something that me and my husband do that has been really helpful is taking some time in the beginning of the quarter or the beginning of the season and really being like, okay, what are our priorities? What's important to us? What are we not doing so good at? What do we need to focus and be more intentional about? And when you guys are on the same page, it really helps if we agreed that, 
for example, me being on more podcasts is important. Well then, okay, then you go pick up our son from Montessori today. Or if we agreed that working out is something that is really important to me and you understand that now, okay, we're going to manage our schedule and plan ahead every week and we're going to figure out, okay, you pick up now, I vice versa, because I need to go to the gym three times a week or four times, whatever the case is. But I think communication is just key and being on the same page with the same priorities for your business, for your family, for your marriage, for all the things. I think that has been really helpful for us. So I feel like there's no way to handle it all. I think it's really understanding in each season, there's going to be some seasons you're going to go harder in your podcast, your business. Some seasons you're going to go harder. It's more about leaning back and it's like, okay, summertime is just going to be about vacation, family time, going to kind of ease off on the accelerator. Yeah. So figuring out the rhythm of the season. I love that. I love that. It's really helpful advice. I agree, especially with the expectations, having realistic expectations, I think is extremely important and all that communication. I would like to just wrap this up. I know you've shared so many amazing gems already, but if you have any final thoughts, please share. Yeah, I guess I would just encourage anyone that's listening, if any of this resonated with you, pay attention to that. I think a lot of times, I don't think I mentioned this, but I think we run the risk if we stay in a job that feels mundane and we don't like it or we're trying to be fit into a square and we're not a square and we're just trying to be someone that we're not called to be. We run the risk of that excitement, that light inside of us kind of dimming down and then us not being our true authentic selves. And then it shows up in all areas of our lives and it shows up when our, with our friends, it shows up with our significant other, it shows up with our every area of life is affected by it. when we're not being the best version of ourselves, the happiest version of ourselves, the version of ourselves that's alive, we run the risk of being at a, not a hundred percent, if that makes sense. And also we also run the risk of becoming bitter, which that has happened to me as well. Mm. Like, I think if we are in a place too long that we're like, this is not it, this is not me, but we just kind of hush that voice for too long, then guess what starts happening? Then we start becoming bitter. And then when we start seeing other people go for their dreams, other people do the things that you're like, man, she is walking in purpose. We start becoming even haters. We run the risk of becoming a hater. And for example, for me, for a minute, I feel like I was starting to become upset and bitter. And I was like, whoa, 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 this is not me. I am a cheerleader. I love encouraging people. I love championing people on when they do things that lights them on fire. I don't want to be this person. So it's just, you run the risk of becoming someone that you do not want to be and just not being the full version of who you're called to be in this life. And imagine you could have literally, if you start taking action, what could your life look like five years from now? Seriously, what life could you live? Even something that looks really impossible. What could your life look like five years from now if you start taking action now, right? So it's just, it's incredible. Or what could your life look like if you don't? So Anyways, I just encourage anyone that maybe felt like something was stirred in them to start taking action, start really investigating and thinking about those thoughts and figuring out what is the life that you want for yourself. Thank you for listening to another episode of No Straight Path, the highs, the lows, and the lessons learned. Remember to share this episode with friends and family. And if you like what you hear, please go on to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts to rate the show. It helps other listeners find No Straight Path. Let's spread the message, everyone, and make sure that millennials feel less alone. There's no straight path in your career and life, and that's okay. It's honestly what makes the journey exciting. So let's get inspired together. I hope you have a great week.